You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chicago Bears fans, we are nearly at the start of the 2019 season, which is the Bears' historical 100th anniversary season. And we at Windy City Gridiron went all in to compile our very own Bears' top 100 players of all time list. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about today right here on T-Formation Conversation. My name is Lester A. Wiltfong Jr., the editor-in-chief of WCG. You can find me on the Twitter at WiltfongJR, and you can follow the site on Twitter as well at WC Gridiron. And to talk about our top 100 list, I have three special guests on the show today. And since we're recording via Skype, I'm going to run through these introductions one by one. So, so first up, we have longtime WCG writer Sam Householder, who has kind of morphed into our gambling guy at the site. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm good. That's awesome. And then we also have on the Skype line Jeff Burkus, who is our fantasy football guru at Windy City Gridiron, and he's also the co-host of the Bears Over Beers podcast that airs right here on the WCG podcast channel. So, Jeff, my friend, how's it going today? Well, Lester, I'm on brand. I've got a beer in my hand oh, called Local Buzz. You're ready. So, it's all I about am. the brand, always branding. That's smart. That is, that is on brand. Good stuff, Jeff. <laughs> And, and then finally, we just heard him, uh, but we also have WCG's own resident Bears and Chicago sports historian Jack M. Silverstein on the line with us. So Jack, you doing good tonight? Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. I, I do not have a beer, but I've already thought of which beer I will have when and if I get the invite to Bears over beers. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I've already got it in mind. All right. It's coming. Yeah, the, the invite's got to come. we we got to get Jack on because there's a lot of stuff with Bears history going on this whole season, obviously. Uh, so, so like I said, we're recording this via Skype. So my plan is to kind of just point guard the whole show and let you three do all the heavy lifting. Does that sound fair? Yeah, absolutely. I Sounds like good, buddy. You know, I also want to do as little editing as possible. Uh, so let's make sure we don't have any dropped calls here. So you guys ready to go? Yeah. All right, so, so Sam, I want to start with you because this was actually uh, – the whole list was actually your brainchild at WCG. You know, what actually prompted you to get this ball rolling in the first place? Well, you know, I mean, I think we all knew that the 100th season was coming up. And, you know, once you you started hearing about the rumors of they were going to open the season against the Green Bay Packers, that uh, there was going to be some kind of 100th season celebration – and uh, all the pomp and circumstance that the team was amping up for, it seemed natural uh, to start to think about content that we could do on WCG. And so honestly, it just kind of struck me. One day I was thinking about it and was like, well, geez, you know, we, we got this great staff here at, at WCG. Why, why don't we put our heads together and take a crack at ranking the 100 best Bears players of the last hundred years, it seemed like a natural thing to look at countdown lists, and of all the ideas you could do with top 100 lists, it seemed like it was the most ambitious and also the easiest to do in a lot of ways. 
you know, a lot of stuff we do at, at the site, and people don't know this, but a lot of it starts with it, with our email chain, and that's kind of how this whole thing kicked off. You sent an email to the group, and then, uh, you know, a few of us responded. Obviously, you know, there's, I think, 11 or 12 of us right now writing on the site. Uh, so, obviously, we're going to get everyone involved, but I think we got, there's six of us. Obviously, the four of us got involved. We also had uh, Eric Dur- Durwachter, I believe is, I should have got his, his pronunciation before we started the show, and also Jacob Infante. So, there was six of us total. It's a good mix of youth and experience. Um, but even with a collective like that, we still had a few head scratchers on our list, and we'll talk to those as we get going. Um, and then, Jeff, I think you actually uh, got somehow got caught up in doing the math to, to figure out the, the methodology of making the picks. Can you explain the process we used? Yeah, so we wanted to make sure we weren't just taking uh, six top 100 lists and trying to put them together. together. We wanted to do an a a iterative process. And so what we did was... For the six voters, for each round, we voted for the top 15 guys. And so if the, your first place guy was awarded 15 uh, points, your second place guy in that round was awarded 14 points and all the way down to one point for the 15th ranked guy. And then what I did was I added all of those raw scores up for all of the uh, voters, and then I collated that and I sorted that by, by uh, that player by that score. And I also did a weighted based on the number of ballots that they were on, and I used that to kind of break some ties. And so basically it was trying to not let any one person dictate the list too much. And if I had to do this again, I would require that a majority of voters would have had to vote for that player to be eligible to get in on that round. Uh, but I didn't, so there are a couple players that snuck in with uh, just three votes, and we'll get to that that uh, a little later. But the top ten uh, scores then made that 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 round of ten. They were taken out of the pool, and then we did it all again. So we did ten rounds to to get the 100. And I will mention that even though we didn't talk about this at the beginning, there became a sort of unofficial three plus year rule. Uh, all of the players on this list played for the Bears for at least three seasons, so you won't see Mac, you won't see Eddie Jackson, and that just kind of came about unofficially, but that was something that bore itself out as we went through the process. Yeah, I noticed that as well. There was nothing official, but I guess kind of, I think with the six of us kind of just realized on our own just uh, you need a little bit of longevity. I think one or two years is just not enough. Okay, so, so no, 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 no. We made no, no, no. We made it official. That was what, was that it was, official at some point? Yeah, it definitely was. Okay. I don't think I don't remember if we said three as a rule but it was definitely under discussion that a hey, mac you just can't you just can't put mac on a list after one year yeah. and then it was kind of like well what about a jackson no probably not a jackson i think kyle fuller probably would have been okay because essentially i mean he only has like the one good year i guess jennings has two i guess you could say vash kind of has two um Dick Gordon kind of has too. But anyways, we definitely discussed officially that there had to be some sort of a longevity play. Yeah, I think uh, if I remember correctly, there Eddie Jackson or Cleo Mack was either voted on the list or almost voted on, and that was the catalyst for us kind of discussing... That sounds yeah, right. ...discussing whether or not we should allow players that had such little, little time, time because I think it was think one, it was of, those, one of those like, like uh, Jeff, Jeff alluded to, to where, where uh, you had, had three guys, three guys on, the list, on the list basically, basically. And, and so then it kind of turned into well do we keep them on the list 
or there were several of us that were like, yeah, no, we can't have a guy that's only played one season in a Bears uniform on a list of 100 years of history. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it kind of happened organically, but I think it's uh... – I think those guys all will be on the next list. We do this again at some point. So, Jack, you're the only one with us that has sports historian on the resume. So, can you let our listeners know how you got so interested in that in the first place? In sports history, yeah, in sports history. I mean, that's. I mean, right now there's a big piece with yours on on, on the site about George House, and I mean, most of your stuff you've done for us has all been in, in the historical vein. So, you know, what kind of got you the, the ball rolling with you in, in sports history? I've just always been. I've just always been interested in history I think partially because I'm just I'm I'm very interested in lists um, which is mundane in a sense but it's like in a way the base level of historical archives is just lists of things I like lists of presidents I like lists of Oscar winners I like lists of Super Bowls um, I just like lists and that's part of it part of it is just trying to understand a a time from the past from a present-day perspective, meaning not from today's perspective, but meaning trying to imagine yourself if that was your present time. So trying to imagine what, like, all right, to, to, to talk about this, how do you compare guys you've seen versus guys you haven't seen? How do you compare guys who play now versus someone like Bronco Nagurski who's going 60 minutes? Or Bulldog Turner, who obviously we all think of as a great, you know, all-time great center, but he's also playing defense, and he's also, a, you know, a strong linebacker. George Trafton playing defense. Um, George Connor at the at the dawn of the two-way era was named first-team All-Pro three straight years on both offense and defense, and offensive tackle and outside linebacker. So. I like to think about, all right, what would these guys be like if I had never seen Brandon Marshall or Brian Urlacher? You know what I'm saying? Like, what would, how good would Red Grange be if I had never seen Devin Hester? How good would Sid Luckman be if I had never seen Peyton Manning? Um, and then I just try to think about it from that respect. I think there are actually a lot of really good historians on the Windy City Gridiron staff and people who dive in and look back, um, I was just looking at, uh, Sam had a series in 2011 where he, he he ranked the best Bears player of each jersey number. Yeah. Um, Jeff does a ton of history. I think you know, people say, like, how are you a historian? Why? It's just because, like, I have, like, an obscene patience for the work, for, like, going through newspapers or making spreadsheets, etc. So I, I don't think it's any, like, thing... Special. I just think I really enjoy it. That's awesome. It's a passion. So, so, so let's go jump into the list here. You know, we're going to go on this list uh, ten at a time uh, here on the show, which is exactly how we revealed it. You know, to our readers on the site. So we'll go start off at hundred. Uh, Tim Jennings Corner, Alshon Jeffrey, Whiteout ninety nine, Marty Booker ninety eight, uh, J C Caroline, Dave Whitzel, a couple defensive backs, Tom Thayer from the eighty five Bears offensive guard, Gary Finmigaletti, running back, fullback ninety four. Brad Maynard is a punter, 93. Matt Suey, 92. Beady Feathers, 91. So, Sam, any truth to the rumor that your Ball State connection helped Brad Maynard get on our list? <laughs> I think that there's probably a, a little bit of truth in that. I probably uh, voted higher on him than uh, 
some of the other guys, but um, he, he's always, I mean, I think that there's little doubt that he is the best punter in, uh, full-time punter for sure, in Bears history. So I think that, uh, I think it worked. <laughs> uh, Jack, I, I, I'm sure I already know your answer to this one, but are you okay are with you having, okay with uh, having... Uh, special teamers on the list of all-time great football players? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. You know I, yeah, you know I am. Um, I, as all right, so so we did this list over the course of holy cow, how long did it take? We were doing it in March, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, I think it was okay, like February, so, March. So, all right, so if you're listening to this, uh, so you're listening to this now, you might be listening to this in a week, in a month, who knows? Um, so this is the end of August 2019. We released our list in May. I think we started, you guys just said February, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we were doing a lot of work, right. Um, but the point is, is that while we were, while we were working on ours, or, or not long after, but we hadn't released it yet, the Bears released theirs through Dan Pompey and Don Pearson from their scrapbook. And then sort of around the time that we started maybe we were like four weeks in so we had done 40 and then the Tribune started doing theirs once a day in other words I got to sort of see all these lists as they came along and if we're looking at our back 10 I would say that I think we blew the corners Jennings, I don't, Carolina, Witzel, those, those yeah, three I don't think we ended up nailing the corners and I think part of that is that I know me personally this was like, it was, all right, so if we hadn't done the Windy City Gridiron all-time fantasy draft prior to doing this, that was a big introduction, I know for me anyhow, yeah, on a lot, lot of players. Of players. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, I knew them, I knew their names, or I knew their records, or I knew where they, I knew, like, their era, kind of, but I didn't have, like, I didn't have the nuance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have that texture. And, and... I th- and then that was still coming along. I think that J.C. Caroline, uh, I think we short-shrifted him because he wasn't as big of a deal in 63 because he was a little bit older at that point. But I think that we short-shrifted him, and I would have looked again at, um, I, as much as I love him, I would have looked again at Marty and and debated whether or not he belonged because I think one thing that I have trouble with when you're talking about just numbered lists is that it's it's to a degree it's arbitrary I've been working on my list and instead of thinking of a top five or top ten I've got a top 12 because the top category that I have is called generational it's the guys who I think occupy a generational hold on bears history where like if you were a certain generation this guy defined your experience and in that respect I don't know that you can draw a line at 100 so I think when we got to that point I would look at this and wonder if Marty Booker belonged and I personally would have had some more fullbacks and I would have had another punter yeah, I think we have uh, one pure punter then another guy uh, Ed Brown will talk about later on a punter quarterback but yeah I get what you're saying I understand the uh, oh yeah luck we got got to mention Luckman as well you know yeah we have one pure punter and we have in Suey we have one pure fullback yeah and I would have I would have had uh I would have had another punter and I would have had another fullback and and you're working on your list now right Your, your personal list 
Nice. That's going to drop at some point, uh, assuming for the year ends. Yeah, we'll see. Awesome, awesome. So I, I give you saying about Booker. I know one of the the comment threads and and one one of the uh, the articles we dropped talked about some of the receivers and and for a franchise that did not have a lot of you know well known great receivers, you know we have pretty much everyone that had a noteworthy season on our list. Sam, you think we have uh, t- uh, too many wideouts up on our list right now? Um, no, I thought that it was pretty good. I mean, yeah, y- you don't think of a lot of, you know, receivers when you think of Bears history. And I think a lot of it also, you know, looking back at some of the notes that Jack has taken, you you break it down between, like, the old, like, flankers and the, you know, modern wide receiver. And it, it can be... It was a distinction that I think we discussed a, a good amount at one point because of guys like, you know, Ken Cavanaugh and a few other guys. But overall, I mean, the Bears have had some good talent there, and so I think that it merited inclusion. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, Jeff, uh, when, when the Six of us started making our picks, uh, you know, at the top, you know, a lot of it was pretty obvious, of course, you know, the greats were up there. But then when we got down to this last 10, you know, was there one of this last group of 10 that kind of that got in that kind of uh, uh, snuck in that kind of uh, was a big surprise to you? I think, you know, I think what Jack's trying to say is, like, the difference between Booker at 98 and somebody else who might be at, like, 120 is yeah. very small. Yeah. But if you went the other way, you know, the, the, the differences get bigger. And so there's that long tail at the end where there's a there's – a, a lot of guys where you could have put in that 91 to 100. And I get that. Um, I, you know, for me, Maynard probably actually surprised me a little bit. Um, I just, I, I think he is the best punter in team history, but I'm not sure I would have put him on the 100. There was a couple other guys I liked better in that spot. Um, and well, one second, one I, I second. You wouldn't, Jack's, you wouldn't have put, you wouldn't have put any punter on the top 100. Well, I just, I understand the idea of trying to get some diversity in the positions, but. Uh, I also think that just based on other players that I think were really good players, whereas I'm not sure Maynard was. It, he is a good punter, but he, I don't think he was had any real postseason accolades or anything like that. So I'm not sure he necessarily was a really good punter versus some of these other guys that had some Pro Bowls. So I would have put some other guys up on there uh, just just because of that. I think the, the uh, ranking him in tiers is probably a really good way to go, and maybe the next time we do this, you know, five, six years, whatever, maybe I think that's uh, – I think we, I, li- I like Jack, uh, Jack's idea there. Uh, so let's go to our next ten. You know, uh, we got to move along here. Uh, 90, Mike Hartenstein, 89, Roberto Garza, 88, uh, Johnny Lujak, quarterback, Ed Brown, we talked about him, quarterback punter, Benny McBraid, defensive back, Kevin Butler, butthead kicker, Dutch Sterneman, quarterback halfback, number 84, Akeem Hicks, Current Bears player, 83. Ray McLean, halfback. Alex Brown, 81. And, and Sam, we already have a couple quarterbacks, uh, Pro Bowl quarterbacks in this group here, in Lou Jack and Brown. Uh, we have a few other quarterbacks we're going to talk about eventually. Another thing we had heard in some of the comment threads, that we have too many quarterbacks on our list. The great QB debate. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, Let's do it. Let's the do QB it. QB debate. It, it's, I mean, obviously, you talk about the Bears and quarterbacks, and everybody knows about the, the modern era deficiencies. But the fact of the matter is, they won a lot of championships in the pre-Super Bowl era. And 
you know, I think that for me at least, and obviously the other two guys here can chime in with with their thought process, but a lot of it to me was, you know, how do you tell the story of the history of the Bears and can you do it without mentioning these players? Not to go too far back, but obviously like there is a good debate there then about guys like Marty Booker and Brad Maynard, right? Like you probably could tell the story of the Bears a hundred years without them. But I feel like with Johnny Lujak and with Ed Brown, I would say you can't because, you know, Ed Brown was an above average quarterback for the late 1950s. You look at Johnny Lujak, he was kind of supposed to be the heir apparent and it, it didn't end up really working out that way. So maybe there were too many quarterbacks, but I think that their play merited it. And I think that, again, they, they are part of that story of the last hundred years. Jack, what do you think? Too, too many quarterbacks? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I still am not one. really sure. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it it's the most important position on, on, in all of professional sports is the quarterback. Man, I feel like I went round and round on this one with everybody. Anybody who I ended up talking to about the list, it, it, it ended up, we were talking about quarterbacks. Um, you know, ugh. I mean, and part of the problem here is that is that some of this has to do with George Hallis's decision-making from a personnel standpoint because, obviously, we should have never sold Bobby Lane. Yeah. Um, obviously, we should have made Johnny Lujak happy, um, although injuries played a role in his departure. We, some would say, should have made Ed Brown happy. Did Billy Wade end up? He ended up on our list, yeah. So then it's like, how do you evaluate Wade versus Ed Brown, and then there was a lot of conversation about where does George Blanda go, um, and he was someone, George Blanda said, you know, once he went to the AFL and he was with, killing it with the Oilers, he was like, oh yeah, the pro game passed George Hallis by like a decade ago. So that was his, that was his read on it. His read was, I'm not in Chicago anymore because George Hallis doesn't understand this position. So then when the four of us come along, 40, 50, 60 years later, how do we evaluate these guys in a way that, as Sam said, tells the story of the franchise if we can't even get a proper sample size that is um, equitable to their talent because they weren't on the team? I would say another guy who is tricky and, and who maybe should have been here, but then I was surprised that the other two lists didn't have our guys, the Sternemann brothers. So we had, we had Dutch. Yeah. And he, he in 1920, well, obviously, because it's only one year, he set the single-season scoring record, but that held until Johnny Lujak. And then, but then his little brother was this squirrely little bastard, Joey, who, who was there, and then he bounced to take over uh, the Chicago Bulls team in Red Grange's league, and then came back to the NFL. But he, he was a little machine. And the quarterback position then, running out of the single-wing often called the tailback position. It was, a, it was a totally different position, but if you're just looking at the position within the context of a given era, then is Joey Sterneman, is Joey Sterneman better than Ed Brown? Yeah, I, You know, I, it's I, like, I oh, man, how do you do that? When I, when I was going through the quarterbacks, I kind of looked at them as far as how they were for the Bears in their era. 
And I know, like, Ed Brown had that one really fantastic year for Chicago. You know, the rest of his time in, in Chicago wasn't the best. Uh, with, with Lou Jack, you mentioned the injuries and him, you know, being forced out of town. So I think it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of look at it's, – it's hard. I mean, this is a hard exercise that, that we took on as a group. Um, but, but I think we have a fair representation of, of some of the old, some of the new. Uh, and and, and uh, how about you, Jeff? you think we have too many quarterbacks on our list, or are you okay with what we got? No, I do think we have too many quarterbacks. I actually have uh, – I would lower every single quarterback except for Luckman on the list. Yeah. And we'll get to the other ones later, but I would – and that would include dropping off Bill Wade and Ed Brown. So I would actually just keep Luckman, Jimmy Mack, Cuddy, and Lou Jack in the 90s. That's how I had it. That's how you – okay. That's fair. You know, uh, we did have our first current Bear mentioned in Akeem Hicks. He's only been in Chicago for three years. So he kind of fits that 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 short uh, a, a career span right now, but but he's had a pretty big impact in his time. And I think if you know if he stays in Chicago a couple more years, he he'll find himself a, a lot higher on this list the next time. What do you guys think, uh, Sam? Uh, I definitely think so. Uh, he's a guy that you know you look at their championship window, and if they get it done, you're putting him up there with some of the better free agent signings. Um, in the city's history, I think maybe that's a tall order to say right now, but for sure, I think he—he's the—he's really the first piece in the rebuild um, that you can point to yeah. and and say, you know, he—he's been a real big part of this turnaround. Well, there was also up uh, Pernell McPhee. You know, the, the, he, he, you know, he, he was in the, to be the, the, the transition to the 3-4 defense. But I think, when, like you said, once they got Akeem Hicks, it really got the ball rolling because, I mean, he came from the Patriots. I think he, he won a title the, the year before. So he kind of brought an attitude and a, and a different kind of a, a, a professionalism with him to the team. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, though, to think back to that, though. And Pernell McPhee was the guy who got the press conference and holding the jersey with the general manager and stuff. And Akeem Hicks was – a little bit of just a one-year deal he got, I think. Yeah, it, Ryan Pace's first two years were, were known for the for the one-year prove-it deals, and so everybody just kind of thought, well, hey, here's a former first-round pick, like or third-round pick, I guess, but uh, you know, a, a decently high draft pick that's kind of bounced around, and he has a you know a one-year prove-it deal and gets a chance, and it's a good swing on for a team that's looking to retool, and it's worked out really well. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely uh, been a good player. Plus, you know, he's so popular off the field as well. I think that has something to do with him and I keep a couple other uh, guys we have on the current team that are just popular players. Uh, Jack, you think of players uh, uh, off the field popularity kind of helped sway some of our votes, you think? Yeah, and I, I, I think that to a degree that's fair yeah. because, again, when you're talking about trying to weigh uh, – I, I think Sam put it perfectly. This is the purpose of this – is not just about like who's best, who's better. It's about telling the story of the team of a, of a hundred years of football. And I do think that to a certain degree, the 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 emotional resonance that a given player has is important. Now, is is it enough to bump, you know, I don't know, Chris Zorch into the hundred? It wasn't, <laughs> but we but. But you know what? Like we probably gave him, and I bet you that the Tribune staff, whoever worked on it there, Will Larkin, I know, has been doing the write-ups, which are awesome. Shout out to him, uh, and and what DP Double DP went through. Does anyone call him that? I just I love that they're both DP. Anyways, I I don't know to what degree they chopped it up on this, but I bet that they did. And somebody like Zorich 
or Jim Flanagan or even somebody who made everybody's list. But like as I read more about Jim Osborne, I was like, dude, this guy would have been one of my favorite players if I came up oh, like ten years earlier. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's another. So, so I do think it matters. Here's another question. We talk about too many quarterbacks. And now that we've been through this, and we probably all know a lot more about all these guys, do you think we got our 1930s and 1940s backfield right? Because there are a lot of guys in that backfield, basically from like 34 probably onward, from like 34 to like 48 probably, there are a ton of guys. Obviously, there's Nagurski, uh, McAfee, Grange was in that range, like the second part, the second part of his career. Beatty Feathers came in 34, but then you've got um, Bill Osmansky. You've got Hugh Gallinar, Gallar. No, I say that wrong. You got Ray Nolting, who didn't make anybody's list. You've got Gary Famiglietti. You've got Ray McLean, who made our list and nobody else's list. And I know I'm, I know I'm missing guys. Osmansky had a brother. So do you think, looking at this, do you think we got the backs right? And how do you even do that, considering how many guys would take carries, what they did defensively? You know, George McAfee pops up on some Bears all-time lists by the Tribune guys over the years at defensive back. Yeah. You know, I think pro football reference was a big help. I know it was to me. You know, I, I looked at a lot of their stuff. You know, I did as much historical stuff as I could when I was trying to make my – each group of uh, 15 that I would vote here. But I think we did a fair job. I think that's one thing I tried to always do is is I was trying to get those old-timer guys that, that played both ways when I did my list. Uh, is that kind of where you guys were at when you guys were making your no, list? No, 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 no. No, that's not what I mean. I, I don't mean do you, do I, do I do we think that we did a good enough job of incorporating Just specific, them. Uh, the specific. Yes. I mean, do you, do you think that we did a good enough job of properly ranking those guys within their own category. So again, some are obvious. Nagurski's going on, McAfee's going on, Grange is going on. And then after that, there's a lot of debate to be had. How do you look at someone like Scooter McLean, who was who was a receiver out of the backfield? Like he didn't do much carrying the ball, but he killed he was like, you know, averaging like twenty yards a catch and he's great in the return game. You know, Harry Clark, another guy I didn't mention who made all, and all, he made one all-pro team. Uh, young Bussy, who died, I think he died in World War II, and maybe only played one year. But you know what I'm saying? Like, do you think that as this went along, do you think we got that right? You know, we probably didn't because obviously there's no way to know how good those guys were back then. Plus, for the most part, we were doing a lot of uh, 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 stat line scouting, so, so to speak, as some of the yes. guys we picked. So they didn't get the same kind of numbers that we're used to seeing today. So I think from that perspective, we may have missed a mark. But I think the one thing we did do is we, we did get – Going back to what I said earlier, we got a good representation of some of the older guys. I think yes. we're, we're getting a lot of people thinking of these guys. Like the guys you're mentioning now, there's like three guys you just mentioned I'd never heard in my life. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Having these guys mentioned for, for Adam, good for the uh, for the show and good for the yeah. Bears. Yeah. Yeah, okay, just curious. Awesome. So so let, let's, let's get rolling here. Let's go to the next uh, group. And uh, we already talked about – couple quarterbacks we got another one at number 80 bill wade we already talked about him uh 79 herman lee left tackle uh 78 
Patrick Manley, the man, long snapper, 77, James Big Cat Williams, 76, Mike Pyle, uh, one of the, the legendary Bears centers, 75, which is fitting, is Kyle Long, 74, Thomas Jones, 73, Danell Wolford, 72, Dick Gordon, 71, Mark Carrier. So, so Jack, we have another special teamer in Pat Manley. Uh, the official Bears list had him at 100. It kind of seemed like they kind of shoehorned him on their list instead of actually reflecting on what he meant to the team in the city. You, you, I, you get that feeling? I, I agree, and I'll note that the Tribune did that same thing. Oh, they, they did? So, okay. Yeah, so Pat Manley came in number 100 at uh, for the Tribune's list and for the Bears' list. I don't know. Maybe they waited out. I can't say. But it does feel that way because, you know, Pat Manley meant so much. All right, so one, there's the con- there's there's the component again that Sam mentioned, the idea of telling the the the, the team, the franchise story through the stories of these individual players. Pat Manley, career leader in games played. I mean, you know, done. He has to be on there. Yeah, he's got to be on there. Exactly. All right, but then like, why is he the career leader in games played? It's because he mastered something. You could make a case. I mean, I don't have. I, I. I couldn't. I couldn't make this case. I don't think. But I bet the case is there to be made that Pat Manley is in the running for the greatest long snapper ever. I asked him about that, and he thought it wasn't really fair because he was sort of at the start of an era where long snapper was its own position, as opposed to back in the day where it was a backup center, it was a guard, it was a tight end, but. He mastered something. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's pun- and 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 we know what the Bears did in the kicking game. We know what they did um, with with uh, with Robbie, and even before that with Edinger. We know what the punting unit did. I remember in oh nine must no twenty eleven. 2011, Brad Maynard and Corey Graham had figured this thing out where Brad would punt to Corey. So Corey Graham was one of the gunners. And they, like, Brad Maynard was so on point that he would punt it in such a way that the punt returner would get it away, but it wouldn't go out of bounds, and Corey Graham would literally field the punt. And that starts with the, the snap, and it starts with the protection. Um so I think that we evaluated Manley on his merits as opposed to just saying, cool, Pat Manley. And in that respect, you can argue he's too low or he's too high, but I think that we gave him a fair shake on his own as opposed to just saying, oh, yeah, cool, Pat Manley, most games, get him in there at 100 and let's get on with our day. You know, uh, Sam, this is another guy that's kind of, you know, I think part of his, his placement on our list is how popular he was and. You know, he's kind of been one of the most popular players throughout the time we've been at, at, at the site. I mean, he's like, uh, I don't want to call him the unofficial mascot, but you know, <laughs> we have had more articles on Patrick Manley, I think, than any other long snapper site in the history. I mean, what's your thoughts on Manley, Sam? Yeah, well, I think that, like Jack said, I mean, he, he truly mastered a craft. And I think that as he's entered at least Chicago media, and I think that there's a chance that he could get more of a national platform, I think that people, especially like the NFL insiders and the people who really want to know the game, I think that when you hear him talk, you realize that not only did he just master that craft, but he, I think that in a lot of ways he did change it. He talks about spin rate and, you know, 
getting that snap out of there clean to to get it to the holder. I know that uh, like Hogan Johns and those guys, they mention stuff that they've talked to Pat Manley about um, regarding like the double doink and that you know a successful kick and a successful punt really start with the long snap. And Manley said that he had like a routine that he knew how many times the ball was going to spin before it got to Brad Maynard. And, you know, it's incredible to think about, but he really mastered that. And so I think that, you know, yeah, like Jack said, you know, you could just look at it and say, yeah, you know, he's kind of a folk hero. He did his job. He didn't have a lot of block punts or whatever while he was here and he had the most games played slap him in at 100 but I think that there's a lot more to Pat Manley than than just a guy with a mullet who played a lot of games here you know I'll be honest my first thought when we started doing this list was do the same thing that that the Trib did and and, and the Bears did is put him at 100 um, but I'm glad we kind of decided to go just organically let him kind of come up in our list when he did and and you know he actually came up I mean we have him at 78 if I remember correctly I think a few of us had him even higher than that when we started making our list so but uh, getting off manly Jeff I want to ask you and this group of 10 here which one of these guys really stands out to you I'll take the current Bear Kyle Long He's the guy that I wear his jersey right now, and that's, that's right. that was my jersey in high school, so that's part of it. Plays the position I played in high school, so that's part of it. But it's one of those jerseys with the sewn-on uh, numbers and letters. And do you know how crazy good you have to be at offensive guard to have your jersey be the premier jersey at any point that they sell on the site? Uh-huh. They, they were pushing Kyle Long jerseys. Yeah. Like, Like, you have to be amazingly good to be an offensive lineman and be put up front. I mean, right now, the jersey that you can get is Mac, and you can get Trubisky. I get that. But they were pushing the offensive lineman, and he's that good. And he's had some injury issues. I get it. But um, this guy is as good as anybody in the league when he's healthy, and he looks like he's primed for a really good year. And if the Bears' offensive line this year has – uh, is what we think it can be. It's going to be because of his leadership, and so I, I, you know, I just love Kyle Long and what he brings to this team, and I think that he can rise a little higher if this offensive line has some success this year too. Yeah, I think the health and Long is a big thing. I remember when, when Kyle Long was drafted, you know, most Bears fans were totally against that pick. That was a Phil Emery pick, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, this is a guy that. You know, everyone thought it was a reach at the time. I think I wrote an article saying that, that, you know, I wasn't on board with that pick at the time. I understood why they made that decision, and, and it went with the, an offensive lineman at that spot, but I was not uh, excited for that pick. Uh, but that quickly changed once we've seen him in camp. We've seen him work, and I watched a little more film on him. He was raw, and honestly, he's still raw to this day. He gets by on strength, and he gets by on tenacity, and that's kind of what one reason why I like him so much. But, but Jack, before we get off this group of 10, you know, I got to ask you, uh, you know, I, I'm a big Thomas Jones fan. You're a big Thomas Jones fan. I don't think he made the tr- the Tribs list or the uh, the Bears hundred list. So do we have him too high at number seventy four? I mean, I uh, this was one of our this was one of our staff fights. I'm pretty sure I tried to. <laughs> I think I tried to put him in in the fifties or sixties. Yeah. Listen, here's 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 the thing with TJ. Um, you know, I, okay, obviously, I don't know. I can't really be biased. I know the guy we talked. I, you know, every, I don't know. We talk regularly. So big like, time. It's okay. It's okay. It's, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is the, this is an example of how it's so difficult to do a list like this um, 
and and fairly evaluate guys who you didn't watch because you don't you don't get that rhythm of like the emotional experience and you don't necessarily deeply understand what someone was about. I think that we all know that when we were watching Thomas, it was at a time when the defense was at its peak, but the offense had a lot of struggles. And the thing that the defensive players will all tell you about Thomas and Olin, Olin will say it too, but they'll say it about Olin, is that those guys, but especially Thomas, he was like a defensive player on offense. Yeah. He he could lift the way that those guys did. He liked contact the way that those guys did. He was an all-weather player the way that those guys were. He was fearless. He was a great leader. And he is the he's second only to Walter in team history in yards per game, rushing yards per game. He uh, only played here three years, and yet he was fifth in Bears history in rushing yards. Yeah. He is, and this one, he told me this one, I didn't know this. He said he's the only player in NFL history to be traded after rushing for 100 yards in a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. They went to the he, Jets right afterwards, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he is on the 10,000-yard list. He, if he played the rest of his career here, would have been second to, to Walter in rushing. And then you can tweak it another way. If we had kept feeding him the ball in the Super Bowl, there's a much better chance that we win that game. If we win that game, he wins Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. If, if he wins Super Bowl MVP, we don't trade him. And then he's a bear for life. There's a or lot, at least There's a lot of what-ifs with, uh, with his career. No, there are, definitely. So listen. Is he too high? I don't know. We can debate that. I'll, I'll leave him where he is. Other people will say he, he should be lower. But to me, can you tell the story of the Chicago Bears without including Thomas Jones? No, absolutely not. He, and I don't. And I think that was the conclusion we all came to. Yeah, you, exactly, did, exactly. You went to bat for him to go higher. I think it ended up, I would say to the other two lists, you know, I think we got TJ just right. Um, because, again, like you said, you can't tell this story of the 2006 Bears without saying Thomas Jones. I mean, certainly five to ten best Chicago Bears teams of all time, yeah. that 06 squad. Um, certainly top two in the Super Bowl era, right? Because it's the only other one that's been to a Super Bowl. So, uh, And you can't tell that story without saying Thomas Jones. So I think he, he definitely merits inclusion. And then it can just be an argument of how high. Yeah, definitely. Now, I think that there are also there are also guys on the Bears who's on everybody's list where the debate was like, how high do they go because they had a because they left earlier. So, like Ditka, for example, um, Bill Hewitt, Blanda in a way, but he's like the reverse of that. Um, Thomas Jones was only here three years, but if you watched the if you want if you were at the re I wasn't at. Were you guys? I don't remember. Were you guys at the reunion in no. June? No, no, none of us. I don't. Maybe none of us were. No, yeah, none I of us wasn't made it this year. Okay, but I watched the or listened to all of those panels, which were wonderful. And gosh, listen to those '06 guys plus uh, plus Joniak and Thayer talk about Thomas Jones, who, in the grand scheme of things, has been in a Bears uniform for three of one hundred years, and they talked about him like he'd been there for fifteen. So, I mean. I, you know, like I said, 
I try to be objective. I recognize that I'm not totally in this case, but yeah, he definitely should be on the list. We can debate where, but 74 feels fine to me. All right, let's keep it rolling. Well, let me just oh, say, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Cool. Let me just say real quick. If this was a top 100 list of best biceps, he'd be number one. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not a question. Best actors too also be up there as well. <laughs> Absolutely. But Buckus is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he was he was good. I think with with, with Jones though, he he's going a little more uh, the the serious no, he's, he's legitimate. Yeah, 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 he's real. He he's he's not just getting the the stuff on his name. He's actually getting real gigs out there. So that's good. Let's move on here. Uh, we got seventy Jack Manders uh, kicker uh, running back, sixty nine Willie Gallimore, uh, sixty eight Otis Wilson, sixty seven Brandon Marshall, sixty six Dick Barjwajan, sixty five Ken Cavanaugh, Jim Osborne, number sixty four Tommy Harris, sixty three, and Ed Obradovich. At 62, and then 61 is Mark Bortz. So, so Jeff, we've had a few 85 Bears mentioned already, uh, but Otis Wilson is probably the first one we've had that actually had a verse in the Super Bowl shuffle. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot here. Which, which Bear had the best verse in that iconic song? Oh, jeez, I don't know. That, that's, <laughs> that's a better question for Jack. <laughs> Jack, best verse. Best verse. Oh, man, that I'll, is that, – that. I'll say Perry. Because I like the, the, the rookie cookie, the run. There you go. I like a backup quarterback calling out two entire franchises. <laughs> um, it took some balls, you got to say. Right yeah, there. I like that. And, you know, Walter, listen, they call me sweetness, and I like to dance, run of the balls, like making romance. I've had, I've had those bars in my head since I was a ute. But, they, but, but it kind of comes down a little bit because Walter was worried that it was going to seem too much like bragging and so that's why they got in the we're not doing this because we're greedy the bears are doing it to feed the needy so then it's then it's like all right man we get it like you're like the most amazing person of all time like just rock with this vibe here bro so yeah i mean this is speedy willie and i'm world class uh like there's a lot yeah there's a lot of uh really good braggadocious rhymes in there i mean that was before the real you know i mean there were a few uh diss tracks back in the day but i mean this you know this was uh one of the one of the original. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like going into a studio after you've had your only loss of the season and laying down a song where you just call out the rest of the league, including specific references to upcoming opponents, <laughs> and, and and say that you're gonna that Chicago fans should start making plans. You're gonna go and win the Super Bowl. Like, wow, that's. That's an all-timer, and it's, they got a Grammy nomination. It's, Come on, it's, it's never happened since. I mean, well, there's teams that have tried it since, but n- no one else has captured imagination like that uh, '85 team. But, but Jeff, I do want to ask you about one of the '85 Bears, '61 Mark Bortz, a, a guy from Iowa. I'm sure you have some thoughts on on that that old lineman. Well, I just let's let's bring it to the current team, James Daniels. I go. think part of why I'm so excited about James Daniels going to center is another guy that we're going to talk about from Iowa later on, but. Um, it's good to have Iowa offensive linemen specifically, but just Big Ten linemen in general. Uh, those those usually convert best into the league. And Bortz, I think, uh, where Jack, where is Bortz at on the other list, or did he make the other list? Because this, yeah. this is a pretty nice ranking for, for a guard. Two-time yeah, pro bowler. Uh, yeah. he, was, he was solid. Okay, I'll, 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 read, I'll read the guard lists, and you can see where he falls in, Okay. So our list, and I'm not going to read the numbers. Our list is Fortman, uh, Joe Kopka, Ray Bray, Bortz at 61, Bargerin, Kyle Long, Garza Thayer. The Bears list by Pompey and Pearson is Fortman, 
Bray, Bortz at 50, Kopka, so the same top four, uh, Bargren, Long, Fair. We're the only ones that had Garza, incidentally. The Trib list had Fortman, Bray, Kopka, Bargren, I don't know how to say his name, Bargren? That's close. Bargren? Barwegian. Ah, I like um, that name, I believe, yeah. Bortz at 62, Zuck Carlson, Long, and Fair. They're the Tribune's the only one that has Carlson. So we have Bortz at 61. Uh, Tribune has him at 62. The Bears list, Pompey Pearson has him the highest at 50. Nice. I, I, one thing I noticed when we look at all these lists is, is some of the crossover, obviously, we all have, but some of the guys we have kind of closely ranked and that wasn't that was all accident because because they had their list done and then ours was like i said the the big secret ballots we all kind of put our, our 15 at a time so that was kind of neat uh but but real quick moving on i want to stand stan jones stan jones ranks oh, number 17 oh. on all three lists so that's really? that's a little really? that's a little intense bears list trivia for you <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tweet that out later on for sure so, yeah, so, so that'll so, be a winner so, so uh, sam uh, brandon marshall is a guy that uh you know his time in in Chicago ended abruptly, but a lot of fans really forget how good of a player he was. But yeah. but you know, can you make an argument he may have been the best wideout in the history of the Bears? Uh, I think that that certainly talent wise, uh, right? I, I see Justin shaking his head, but I mean, I I don't know. I I think that you got to be open to it because I mean, as far as physical gifts, um, I mean certainly. There's been faster receivers than him in Bears history, yeah. but as far as catch radius, as far as you know, catching in traffic, you know, he always had a lot of drops, but he has the single best receiving season in Bears history. He's mercurial, you know. We all know about his troubles, but as far as just physical gifts, I mean, I I don't know how you can say that he wasn't um, the most physically talented receiver that the Bears have ever had. So the Bears have... I, I think, Jeff, it's, uh, it looked like you were shaking yeah. your head. I mean, Jeff, you got it's thoughts Harlan on Brandon? Hill. Harlan Hill? I, what, best receiver, I think, is Harlan Hill. So I, just, he just, I know he got hurt and had a career shortened by injury, but that guy in his era was just was setting records like crazy. Blazing I just, speed, I'm, correct? I'm I'm a, say, I will say Harlan Hill is is for sure probably my favorite Bears receiver in history. And it, it's always hard to tell those guys that came years before I was around watching. Um, but I I think that Harlan Hill definitely merits talking that. But, uh, again, I just I didn't think that you could exclude Marshall. He did some incredible things. For sure. Jack, how about you? Uh, is there a case to made he's the best receiver in Bears history? Yeah, this is probably where you get into the difference between like best and greatest. Yes. Um, he's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he he's probably the best. He I, he did to me. He definitely had the greatest season for sure. Because that 2012 season, obviously, it pops out of the stat. Uh, you know, pops out of the history books. But I was covering the team that year, so I was I was on the beat in the locker room, and the way that those guys talked about him. You got to remember that in an NFL locker room, and Jeff, you played football. I didn't play football. So my introduction, and Lester obviously did too. Sam, did you? No. Okay. So my introduction really to like what football players can really look like was from covering the Bears because I would go to a lot of Northwestern games when I was a kid. But you know, everybody looks big and strong when you're 
11. Um, and I was just like, you walk around in that locker room and it's like Julius Peppers and Israel Adonage and even someone like Peanut, who you don't think of necessarily physically, even though he's a very physical player, you look at him and you're like, wow, you're just like cut. Erlocker with his speed and et cetera, et cetera. The way that those guys talked about Brandon and what he brought and what he could do, you could tell he energized them. And that, to me, is a piece of greatness. The way that he came out in that first game against the Colts and just killed. The way that he, what he did against Tennessee. And then there was the, the, the real heartbreaker against Seattle. Um, that was Erlacher's final game. We lost that in overtime, but we were down. And Cutler stepped back and he launched this pass down the right sideline. Marshall went up for it. And remember, Marshall's not like necessarily a jump ball guy. I mean, if you had to like, if you had to like, you know, categorize him at the base level, you'd call him a, I mean, you said he had a lot of drops, but he's like a possession receiver, but like a really, 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 really good one. Like that's more his game. And he went up for this ball, man, and then he spun to his right. He took off. It was a 56-yard gain. It set up a Robbie field goal that sent the game to overtime. Like, he just had magic that year. So I agree with you, Jeff. Probably if you look, you know, based on what the person was like at his time, removing Brandon in 2012, who was first-team All-Pro. God, he was first-team All-Pro. It was him and Calvin Johnson yeah. were the two best receivers in the NFL for a year. And Even it's kind of crazy that went off the he had 118 year. catches that year and didn't lead the league. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. But, like, he had something happening that year. He had, a, he had that extra element of magic to him. So is he the greatest ever? I don't know. Is he the best ever? Probably. Did he have the greatest season ever? I'd say so, but Johnny Morris, 1964, Harlan Hill, 1956. It's hard. It's hard to say. Let's let's go on because we're going to talk about one of Brandon Marshall's teammates in our next group of 10 because at number 60 we had coming in was quarterback Jay Cutler, 59, Ray Bray, 58, Jim McMahon, 57, Neil Anderson, 56 was Doug Plank, 55 was George Wilson, uh, another old school two-way player, 54, Robbie Gold. 53, Keith Van Horn. 52, Lee Arto. 51, Wally Chambers. So we got to talk about Jay Cutler. We had him higher than the other two lists, did we not, Jack? Yeah, we did. So we had him on where we at here. Okay. We had him at 60. The uh, other list, the okay, so the, the Bears list, the Pompey Pearson list, that came out before ours. And that was one of the huge talking points when that came out. That was huge on the radio. Jay Cutler, 85. People really lost it. And then the Tribune had him at 78. So that's a span 60 to 78 to 85. I'll give you the list of QBs, although it's actually pretty close. So we had Luckman and then a huge drop-off, McMahon, Cuddy, and then another drop-off to Wade, Brown, Lujak. The Pompey Pearson list has Luckman. We both have him at number four. And then a huge drop off to McMahon, and then Ed Brown, Lou Jack, and then a drop off to Wade, and then a drop off to Blanda, and then Cutler. So not only did the Bears list have Blanda, nobody else did, but they had him over Jay. And then the Tribune list, which as we record this is up to tomorrow, they'll announce number eight. Sid Luckman is, has not been announced yet. Well, he'll be on there. It's a safe bet, I'm sure. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, so <laughs> here, here, here are the eight remaining guys. 
that will be the the rest of the trip is it's it's Walter Butkus, Sayers, Luckman, Bill George, Bulldog, Bronco, and Doug Atkins. Um, those are the remaining guys, uh, unless they sneak Marcus Robinson in there, but I'm not betting on it. No. Um, but anyways, so their quarterbacks, the Tribune list. Shout out to Marcus. The Tribune list is Luckman somewhere in the top eight, and then McMahon in the fifties, and then Lujak, Cutler, Wade. And there are eight people apart, and then Ed Brown in the 90s. So there's a lot of movement of where Jay is in terms of just the general ranking, and then there's a lot of movement of where he is in relation to the other quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? So we have him third. The Bears list has him one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh, and the Tribune has him fourth. Yeah, I, I just think with Cutler, you got to take the the whole picture, the whole context of his career, and yeah, you know, the Bears didn't win anything with him, obviously. that That's that's something you got to think about. But, you know, he had a pretty rough go of it. He was, you know, you, you talk about what happened in the news now with, with, with Luck and, and the Colts, you know, him stepping away early because of all the, the injuries and all the, the hits he took. You know, Jay Cutler was hit more than Luck was. I mean, Jay Cutler was hammered all the time, and he stayed in there. Different offensive coordinators. I think we kind of got a good a good good mix with Cutler. So, but, but real quick, what you're saying is the other two lists had the same quarterbacks that we had, so – and then one of them had Blanda. Yeah, Pompey and Pearson put Blanda in at 82, although they listed him. I can't find it, but I have it in here in my notes that he's listed as, I have it in parentheses, also kicker. Yeah. And since a lot of guys played two ways, I assume that they specifically listed him as yeah. QB slash kicker. And if you do it that way, I mean, he set an NFL record for consecutive extra points um, when he was with the Bears. Great field goal kicker. I mean, if you do it that way, then yeah, Blanda probably does belong. And he was off, and he was about to have a killer. I think it was 1954, and then he got injured. So, so there's a case to be made. But yeah, they put they put Cutler after Blanda. That's interesting. Then we have McMahon at 58. Uh, Jeff, are you okay with uh, him being at 58 there uh, in front of Cutler? Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. They won the Super Bowl with him. He was the great leader. That's the guy that. Uh, just had to be able to have that comic relief in a way to be able to lead that team that was such a dominant defense and he's got the ring so I think that that puts him in front of Cuddy and I understand Cuddy has the better physical tools but you know it's always going to follow him that they, you know he didn't win it you know one thing so, that everyone uh, forgets about McMahon is he was such a good college quarterback and then he kind of stepped into an offense. You know, Mike Dicka's offense at the time was, you know, it was Walter Payton. It wasn't, you know, much with the forward pass. And then I think he kind of did his best he could with what he had there. But I think if he was in a different scheme, I think he would have been uh, – his numbers would have been better. Obviously, then the injuries kind of hurt him as well. But but I, I like our, our ranking of McMahon there ahead of college. Definitely. Sam, what about you? Uh, any thoughts on uh, McMahon and Cutler and, and where we have him there? Well – I'll give the listeners a peek behind the curtain a little bit. Um, initially, Cutler was actually higher, um, and this was where Jeff's argument for we should have had consens- consensus votes. We oh, didn't that's tinker, right. That's we right. didn't tinker the list a ton after the fact, but this was one that did shift because he was at Cutler was actually voted on the list ahead of McMahon, and uh, I think the three the four of us certainly were like guys this is way too much recency bias you guys are not like you can't i i was ready to like really throw down and protest (laughs) and say look we can't publish a list with the freaking super bowl winning quarterback below 
a quarterback who won one playoff game and led one playoff appearance. And obviously everybody came around to, to see it that way, and so we moved Cutler down, I think, an appropriate amount, but I think there's still an argument that he's too high on our list. But uh, so it, I think that McMahon is about right. Um, he was a great player. We know about his shortcomings. You know, maybe he had trained differently, but he also played a little bit recklessly. And obviously, again, you know, we've kind of talked about the off the field stuff where, like, we tried not to take that into account. But, you know, he has been a longtime fan favorite. And certainly his uh, health struggles in recent years have been well documented. And, um, you know, it, it's sad to see somebody that ends up like that who who did lay it all on the line for us fans. But so that that was one of the big arguments we had. You know, not only I would say the two biggest arguments we had were Thomas Jones and Jay Cutler. There was some um, horse trading, though, wasn't there? Didn't, didn't, didn't we trade for those guys? Huh? Didn't we trade? I feel like there was some trading yeah, think, going on. I think that was kind of how we ended I'll up. I'll give you this if you give me that sort of a thing. <laughs> I think I think what happened was I said you can take Mac off the list, but I want Cutler below Jimmy Mac. Yeah, yeah, that's I think that, that was the trade. Yeah, Wait, was, you mean you mean Khalil Mac? Yes. Yeah, because he was originally voted on in like the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Peek behind the curtain. I love it. A little little no. behind the scenes here. Yeah. There. I mean, there. And and that was the the thing about having what did we say there were six or seven of us total I think that that was the beauty of having that many voices was that you, you know even the Bears list they had two guys uh, the Tribune sounds like they've had four or five but but the the diverse number of voices we had across a pretty wide swath of age ranges although that is probably slightly less than the other lists but I think that that, that gave us a, a different perspective on it and, and we were able to you know, take someone like Jake, who's who's quite young, and you know, um, <laughs> either set him right if you want to say it that way, or just that uh, you know, impart some of the knowledge of the players that came before him. And so, I, I think that I don't know. We're all really proud of the list and the way it ended up, but but that was definitely one of the big kind of uh, I won't say knockdown dragout fights because I think there were bigger ones, but uh, the Jay Cutler debate was was a great one. And I will I will say that at the that we ended up being all three lists were in line there. So the so Dan and Don had McMahon at fifty three, uh, the Tribune had him at fifty six, we had him at fifty eight, and all three lists have him ranked behind only Luckman in the quarterback pool. So he's the definitive number two, and he's he's definitively in the fifty to sixty range. So yeah. this is our last quarterback question real quick here because we have one more quarterback option with Luckman. But I want to ask you guys a, a quick yes or no question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around the horn here. In, in, in 20 years, the next time that one of these lists are done, will Mitch Trubisky be on this list above Jim McMahon? Jack, yes or no? Lesser, it's insulting that you would say that about a three-time Super Bowl champion. I'm nice. going, yes, nice. of course. <laughs> Sam, what about you? Yes, I think when, when all said and done, yes. Nice. Jeff? Yep, he's going to rewrite the record books, and he's going to get at least one ring. So, yes. I love it. I love it. I, I'm going to say the same yes. I'll go with the same thing here, and uh, he is going to be definitely above uh, above Jimmy Mack. And that is actually going to be a wrap for part one of what is now going to turn into a two-part uh, podcast because 
you know, talking to the guys. Just uh, we we could have went on forever. It was so cool talking, getting a, a different perspective on things about as far as the history of the Chicago Bears. So uh, part two of the podcast will be dropping real soon. Uh, but make sure you guys are all going to follow our, our our crew here on on Twitter. Follow me, of course, at WildfongJR. Follow Jack at ReadJack. Follow Sam at Sam Householder, and then follow Jeff at GridironBorn. So again. Part two coming really soon. So until next time, bear down, my friends. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.